Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Tonight, we're talking about love is relationships. And uh, I heard, you know, this morning, uh, Carolina talked about Meshibeth, Mephibosheth, which was fantastic, close enough. Uh, and uh, so it was an awesome morning. If you weren't here, uh, get the recording, listen to that. Uh, at least last week I talked about the covenant of marriage. And, and so tonight I'm going to talk about friendship. I'm going to talk about friendship, about having a genuine friendship. What I, what I find today is that for some of us, it's hard to find friends. Who knows that? Who actually finds it hard to find friends? Yeah, just raise your hand. There's a few people that find it hard to find friends. Yeah, what I find is that you don't find friends. Like, honestly, you didn't come in here to find a friend. You didn't look under, oh, look, there's a friend. You didn't trip over a friend. It's not about finding, it's about actually making friends. And, And so tonight I want to talk about what type of friend are you? What type of relationship do we need to have? You know, affiliate is a type of uh, relationship that where the Greek describe it as an, a powerful emotional bond seen as a deep friendship. And so this is what I'm going to share just quickly about tonight. And, and uh, in the Bible, there is one illustration. There are many illustrations of this. But there is one in particular of that of David and Jonathan. And I, I don't know if you know the story of David, but David kills Goliath and all of a sudden he becomes, you know, really just a general or a, a giant himself in the nation of Israel. Yeah. Is that at the time there was a king called Saul and Saul had a son called Jonathan. And what had taken place at this point in time is that David had set out on the battlefield when Goliath had turned up and he had killed Goliath. And because he had killed Goliath, he found favor within Saul's house, within the king's house. And so there was an invitation given for him to come and dwell in the palace, for him to come to a place and serve the king. In this moment, as he served the king, what took place was he took control of the armies of Israel. In that time, as taking control of the armies of Israel, he, uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, came to him and gave him his uniform, gave him his own sword, gave him his own armor and said, you know what, here, I'm giving you this. This is a sign of my friendship to you. Fair enough. That's what friends do. But what we've got to understand is later on down the track, we find David is anointed king. And so Saul, he finds out about this and all of a sudden he's concerned because his son David is a friend or his son Jonathan is a friend of David. And it's like, well, David has been anointed to take my son's throne. All of a sudden intimidation sets in upon Saul. All of a sudden there's this wrestle within Saul. What makes it worse is one day, David goes out on the battlefield, slaughters a whole heap of Philistines, becomes a champion in the eyes of the people. And what they would do back then is that when the warriors came back and the kings came back from battle is that the the maidservants and the servants would start to write songs of the great deeds that they'd done. This particular day, 
David had started coming into town and, and they started to sing out. They started to cry out. They started to uh, sing this song about David. David has killed his ten thousands. Saul has killed his thousands. How would you feel, the king? This punk boy that I have let into my house, that I have just handed over to run my armies, and now the nation is crying out his praises more than me. And we find within Scripture, it sort of, it tormented Saul. It tormented him that much that he wanted to kill David from that point on. He wanted to take David's life, but all David had was a heart to Saul. All David's heart was, was to serve his king, was to serve Jonathan's father. But in that time, because of intimidation had set in, all of a sudden this king wanted to take him out. This king wanted to annihilate him because he was threatened. You know, for some of us here, we think we've had a rough day. But let me ask you this question. Has someone tried to kill you today? Or maybe in the last week. But in the scriptures we find that in this moment, in this time, in this season of David's life, we find a friendship that is knitted together between that of a warrior, that of a shepherd, David, a king in waiting, and Jonathan, a rightful heir to the throne. Jonathan loved David. As his own soul, the scripture said. And their souls were knitted together. When Jonathan was killed and Jonathan died in battle with his father, when Jonathan died and lost his life, David mourned like he had lost a brother. To David, it was part of of his own soul dying. That's how close they were. How many friends do you have that are that close in your life. Proverbs 18, 24 says this, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. There's a key right there. (laughs) If you don't have any friends, be friendly. (laughs) How about right now? I I just want to give you a chance. If you've got no friends in this room, how about you turn to the person next to you and just give them a smile. (laughs) Not a seedy smile, just a smile and say, hey, can I be your friend? The scripture's got great points in it. Be friendly. Number one, be friendly. But there was a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I read this scripture, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It reminds me of that you can choose your friends, but not your family. Who's in something like that? (laughs) Scripture is good for us. It helps us. I believe in life, we all, need to, we all need a friend that will stick closer than a brother. They're a type of friend that will be there during the good, the bad, and the ugly. They're that type of friend. They're just there. They're just there no matter what. David and Jonathan had developed a deep friendship that was mutually beneficial. Their friendship was characterized by loyalty, trust, and 
love. What are your friendships characterized tonight by? Manipulation, deception, deceit? Or are they? Or are they characterized by loyalty, by trust and love? This close relationship, you know, helped them survive or helped each other survive hard times. You need close friendships to help you survive hard times. Those, those moments in life where you get that doctor's report and there is a C word. Those moments where you need to just pick up the phone and say, hey, will you stand? Will you believe with me? Will you declare the word of God over my life? Well, come on, will you just stand? I just need prayer for this moment. Have you got a friend like that? God knew that David would need an intimate friend to walk with him through the valley that was ahead in his life. A king's son. In life, true friends are rare to come by. I found that. In life, most of my closest friends live miles away. A close friend isn't necessarily in your back pocket 24-7, but it's someone you can ring up no matter the distance, no matter the time, and say, hey, will you stand with me? Or there are those moments where you're just walking and God drops something in your spirit and you can ring him and just say, you know what? God has put me on my heart right now. I just got a word for you. I just feel that I need to pray with you. I just feel that I need to just connect with you. And then all of a sudden, nine out of ten times, they go, Thanks you, thank you for ringing. I didn't know where to turn. True friends are there for each other. There's something about them that causes your soul to knit together. In true friendship, we find a few defining qualities. And in the life of David and in the life of Jonathan, we find a few defining qualities. The first thing that we find is that a true friend is willing to sacrifice. They're willing to sacrifice. 1 Samuel 18 verse 4, And Jonathan took off his robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armour, even his sword and his bow and his belt. In other words, hey David, I'm giving everything, I'm going to sacrifice All this so that you can survive, so that you can go out. I'm going to lay down all that I have. I'm going to give it to you. Jonathan had no hesitation to give David something that belonged to him. That was meaningful. When was the last time you gave something to someone else that was meaningful to you? My wife has a motto. She will never buy a present that she doesn't want herself. So if you get a present from her, think about what it is. Because you know she wants it. And this is the thing. What is of value to you? What are you willing to release to those around you, to those that you love? An intimate friend. 
also doesn't keep score. It's not like, you know what, Jared? I learned something to you last week. I'm keeping score. Oh, one. He's asked me for one favor. Oh, two, three, four, five, ten. Oh, he owes me. I'm going to cash in. You know, a true friend doesn't cash in. There's no such thing as cashing in. There's no such thing as keeping score. It's an open. It's like, you know, I'm willing to give. I'm willing to sow. I'm willing to give of what I have when you're in need. There is a whenever or whatever attitude. A true friend, it's like whatever, whenever, I'm here. They're never stingy with their possessions. And they never hesitate. A true friend never hesitates. I'm here. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Okay, I'm moving now. I'm there. You know, you can hardly impose on an intimate friend. There's no such thing as imposing on those that are closest to you. Because having friends, having deep friendships is the door is always open. The door is always open. You're never too busy. Uh, I don't know where people get an understanding where they think that I'm always too busy. I will say this, my door is always open. It's just whether you're bold enough to knock. And this is what I find in life, is that no one is too busy. They might have priorities around their life, but at the end of the day, are you bold enough to knock? Because if you don't knock, you will never know. Our perceptions of people's life, and people have full lives, but it doesn't mean they don't have time for you. There's always time. There's always a moment. There's always space, but it's, are you willing to knock? And intimate friends don't have that hesitation. They just knock. They just walk through. True friendships, brotherly friendships are moving together. A true friend is willing to sacrifice. John 15 verse 13 No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. For his friends. A true friend is committed to their friend rather than the friendship. Committed to the friend rather than the friendship. Who are those? Who are those you are willing to sacrifice for? Tonight, right now, who are those that you're willing to sacrifice for? Who are those in your world right now that you're willing to sacrifice for? Maybe flip that. Who right now in your world is willing to sacrifice for you? And if you can honestly say that you don't have that person, I will say this, you need to get a new friendship circle. You need to get a new friendship circle because you can't do this life alone. This is what I love about community. This is what I love about the local church. It's a place where people can come in and and we can stand together. We can believe together. We can have each other's back. 
The second thing is a true friend is a loyal defensive uh, and defense before others. A true friend is a loyal defense before others. I find that Jonathan found himself in an awkward place. Jonathan knew within his heart that David would one day take his throne. He knew. He knew what his father was up to. He knew that his father wanted David, his best friend, killed. He knew it. In 1 Samuel 19 verse 4, it says, Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good towards you. I don't know. His dad is upset. His dad is losing his mind. His dad is wanting to kill David. And Jonathan puts himself in the middle of it to defend his friend. How many of you right now have friends that will put themselves in the middle of it to defend you? How many of them will will stand up and talk well of you? Here's David. He's saying, hey, Dad, you know what? Don't sin right now. Don't murder this man. Like It would be a sin if you took his life. Because this man, David, he has not sinned towards you. If anything, you know what? He honours you. He serves you. He wants to do good by you. Dad, don't do this. And he stands there and he defends David. Who around you right now will defend your honour? Will defend your character? Who right now will speak well of you? In that time where people are starting to speak and gossip, that they'll stand up and say, you know what? I know that is a lie. I know that is not right. I know them to be a righteous man. I know them to desire the things of God, to want to do good, to want to serve those around. I know the motives of their heart and their motive is pure and holy. How many of us have friends like that? Or on the other hand, how many of us are friends like that? In this day and age, are you willing to put your reputation on the line for someone else? We need to be friends like that. We need to be a church that will stand together with each other, wanting the best for each other. In times of adversity. Yet Jonathan stood in the gap. He stood in the gap. I love the heart of Jonathan. You think about it. It was pure. It was pure. He had every right to be envious of David. He had every right to despise David because David was one day going to take his crown, was one day going to take his seat. But he chose to have a pure heart. There was no pettiness around his life. There was no envious around his life. There was no envy. There was no jealousy. It was just a pure heart. Proverbs 17 verse 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Is born 
for adversity. In other words, friends are temporal, brothers are eternal. There comes a line where a friendship goes from just being friends to becoming brothers. From going from being friends to becoming sisters. There's a time. You read through the Bible and it talks about us being brothers and sisters in Christ. More than just blood that binds us together. It's a a faith. It's a belief. That he is the God who he says he is. As a brother, as a born for that moment. You might not always talk to your brother. But you know he'll always be with you. I find that true within my own family, my own brother. Is at any time of need, I'm like, Jerry, hey. And all of a sudden, he's there. All of a sudden, he's there. There's something about the relationship that we have. Is that we're not in our back pocket, in each other's back pockets all the time. But I know when there is a time of need, it's just a phone call away. Same true with friends that we have around the country, just a phone call away. Hey, will you stand? Will you believe? I just need you in this time. And the same thing, as soon as they have something, they ring me. It's this moment where a true friend comes into a place. Do you speak well of your friends? They are there. I remember a number of years in youth ministry. I love this story. Because... We're running youth for a number of years. And I remember one night, one night, I don't know what it is, but we have some doof-doofs turn up. You know, when you've got about, you know, you know the cars, doof-doof, and all the Lebanese gangsters rock up. And I'm not stereotyping it. It was a fact. It's a fact. (laughs) It was just a fact. And we had like three or four hundred teenagers and I remember it at the time, you know, I'm a little bit older and they're all teenagers. I think Dan was in year seven at the time and those moments. And, and, and it was just like, you know, like a whole bunch of them. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. What, what is it with teenagers and, and young kids? And they, they send those texts and all of a sudden, you know, they t- send them to a, a girl. They say something and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place where these guys, they turn up in their doof-doofs and next minute they want to fight a year seven kid. I'm like, man, you're 26. And you rock up to a Christian youth ministry and you're asking to beat up a year seven kid. Like, don't you have a life? And I remember this night where it was just like that thing and next minute and everyone comes in and tells me, hey, Sam, there's a whole heap out here. They want to fight. Oh, cool. Like, Great. I remember walking out of the car park. There's a fenced-off area, you know, 200 kids. And you know what it's like with 200 teenagers, 300 teenagers? They're all at the fence. <laughs> like they've got the cars and, and the, these guys, they're getting out. And, like, they've been at the gym. You know they've been at the gym. They've got muscles on their eyebrows, their lips, their, like, they're just huge. And there's just me. I'm like, bring it. I'm like, there's one or two things could happen here. I'm going to end up in hospital, which would be a good story for later on. Or they're just going to, I'm just going to bluff my way out of this. And you know, every teenager is like, fight, 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 fight. And it's like, I'm walking down, I'm like, boys, just get back in your car. 
like before they even get out of the car, you know, they're opening the door, boys, get back in your car. I'm like, don't get out of your car. Get back in your car. Get back in your car. In your car right now. Boys, get in your car. This is going to get messy. Boys, right, what are you doing? You're after a little year sevener. Like, honestly, what are you doing with, like, in your car, get off, this is private property. And they're like, yeah, come on. And they start getting out of the car. And I'm like, yeah. You know, those moments. But then all of a sudden, I look behind me and hear all these year sevens, year twelves, and they're like, yeah, come on, we'll fight you. We'll fight you. I'm like, yeah, someone's got my back. You know, those moments, I'm like, but it's safe to say they were intimidated and they got back in their car and left. But you know, sometimes you just need friends. Like no matter the situation, you just need someone that's going to back you. And I don't know whether they got intimidated by all the young ones that, you know, were, that barely hit puberty and they're all standing behind, ready to go. But I don't know what it was. But I thank God. Yes, it was all me. But anyway, I thank God for those moments. Because I can laugh about it today with teeth. Friends, we need friends that are going to back us. They're going to be there, a true friend that will defend you no matter what the circumstance. A true friend gives each other complete freedom to be themselves. We're not about controlling those ones around us. If I can have the keys come back up, we're not about controlling those ones around us. When your heart is broken, you can bleed all over your friend and they will understand. They will understand. They will be there. 1 Samuel 20, verse 41, as soon as the lad had gone, as soon as David arose from the place towards the south and fell on his face on the ground and bowed down three times, and then they kissed, they wept, and they cried together. They poured out their heart and said, come on, God, we need you in this situation. There's going to come times where you need friends, those around you that will pray, that will declare. When a good friend is hurting, let them hurt. When they're crying, let them cry. When they're complaining, let them complain. Just listen. Some people have to point out their misery and then quote a chapter of the Bible to you when you're doing that. But a true friend actually just listens. A true friend knows that you're miserable. And this is what I find. Is that when you're miserable, you know why you're miserable. You don't need anyone else to point it out. Sometimes you just need to just breathe. But a true friend is there to comfort. Is there just to listen. There's an old Swedish proverb that says, shared joy is double joy. Shared sorrow is half sorrow. Shared sorrow is half sorrow. When you have a friend whose soul is knitted to yours, you don't have to explain anything. They're the type of people that will jump in puddles with you rather than complain about the rain. They're the type of people that will jump in puddles with you rather than complain about the rain. I I want people, I want friends like that that are willing just to jump the willing just to be there in the moments of need. You know, optimism. 
in one sense, doesn't change anything. You know, we need friends that are optimistic. You know, optimism doesn't change anything. But in another, changes everything. Are you a safe place for those around you? Are you a safe place for those around you? And my last point is this. A true friend is a constant source of encouragement. It's a constant source of encouragement. 1 Samuel 23, 15 to 16. Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to Jonathan and encouraged him in God. A true friend will encourage you in God. They will speak life. They'll speak hope. They'll declare the promises over him. They'll draw you out into the presence of God. And Jonathan finds David and just encourages him. He goes looking for him. He hears that he's father's there a true friend is someone who will find you in the wilderness and bring you back and encourage you are you a constant source of encouragement to those around you tonight I've just spoken about affiliate love deep friendship I believe that we're all called to have relationship with each other. We're all called to be those type of friends for each other. And tonight, I don't know where you sit on the fence as far as are you a good friend? Are you a bad friend? Are you an ugly friend? I don't know where you sit. But tonight, I want to challenge you, choose. Choose to be a genuine friend. Choose to be one that honours God. Choose to be one that honours humanity. Choose to be one that is faithful to those around you. Choose to be one who is a true follower of God. That is not willing to just pull away, but is willing to lean in to those around you. Is willing to share the gospel, to be the gospel, to love those around you. Tonight. Who are you to those around you? Who are you to those around you? Let's be the church. Let's be the followers of Christ that He's called us to be. And let's see a generation change. See a generation change because God's economy is about relationship, it's about relationship with Him, God, it's about relationship with others. And friendship, relationship is at the center of the Christian faith, it's the center of the Christian faith, and we can't afford to get it wrong. We can't afford to get it wrong as followers of Christ because the world is looking at how we do relationship. 
how we do marriage, how we do friendship, how we do family. It is looking at how we do relationship. We need to do marriage right. We need to do friendship right. We need to do all these things right. And what I find is that when we do these things right, it brings healing to those around us. You know, tonight, I know that there are people in this room that struggle, that struggle with emotional torment, that that struggle with, say, a mental health issue and those sort of things. But I want to say this, if you have the right relationships around you, God can bring healing. God can bring hope. Why do I know that? Because someone will stand with you. Someone will pray with you. God designed this thing called relationship. And if the devil can attack your relationship and isolate you, then you start to battle with these issues. You start to battle with these issues. And all of a sudden it becomes an emotional torment. And then all comes a spiritual torment. And God's saying, hey, listen, how about you just fall in relationship? Fall in relationship with me. Fall in relationship with my family. Fall in relationship with my church. Find a place for you to fit. Find a place where you can come and belong and receive healing. But friend, tonight, I will say this, in order for you to receive healing, in order for you to come into that position, first of all, you must lean in to Him. First of all, you must be willing to want to have that type of relationship. And not just that type of relationship so that you can be a taker, but that type of relationship so that as you're leaning into someone else, you can become their answer as well. So that you can have purpose around your life that it's not just about you, but it's about Him and it's about them and it's about us. And it's about us living the life that God has called us to live. That, my friend, is love. Genuine love. Not an emotional love. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a decision. Friend, tonight, how are your relationships? How are your friendships? According to what I've just spoken about, What friendships do you maybe need to cease? What friendships do you need to take up? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.